Bellissima, New York. Your exotic skin, hair, and beauty source, and your one-stop shop for all your natural and organic skin and hair care. Featuring authentic organic Moroccan oil and prickly pear seed oil and much more. Bringing you only the best straight from the source and proudly produced in the USA. So what are you waiting for? Shop today at www.arganissima.com. Arganissima, New York. Your beauty is our... Folks, welcome back to the iHealth channel, the Fitness Fab channel specifically today, and iHealth Radio with a new day, new show, new topic, new guest. Uh, actually, I was supposed to have this show a couple of days before, but you know, there was a, uh, I guess, technical difficulties and we made it work. And so we're here today and that's the bottom line. And, uh, you know, we want to make sure that we send this message, message out. Uh, and uh, again, today is fit, you know, and fab. And so we're talking about fitness and wellness specifically in a different angle. Uh, something that I've actually covered uh, on a different episode about almost a year and a half ago, and it was about uh, holistic uh, uh, angles, and uh, specifically in the world of Ayurveda. And uh, and today, I have a specialist also who handles that, who has a unique approach, unique style, unique formula that combines this. Her background is personal training and uh, in the fitness world, but she found a, a new way of combining that with the holistic approach of Ayurveda. And uh she has a very well uh, formulated piece of work that helps people kind of get into their best shape, form, wellness, mental, and all that stuff. And again, I'm not going to talk any further about it. I want her to tell us about it. So uh, Andrea Klassen, I, did I say it right? Klassen, so yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going to give you something to do this right. <laughs> all right. So, so, so. Andrea, first of all, thank you for being on the show and, and, and welcome. And uh, I know you do podcasts, you're a personal trainer, you do all kind of stuff. So, so this is new, not new to you. And um, you do help a lot of folks out there. And uh, you know, the concept of Ayurveda is, is unique on its own. And we're going to talk about that and define it. And, and even though I've covered it before, I think there's always room to, to discuss more about it. And uh, believe it or not, about a year ago, I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> You know, so I think if, you're you're not alone. Exactly, and so so more people hear about it, more understand it. I mean, I found out about Reiki. I found out about certain things that were out there, but just were not part of in my radar, right? So, and the same, similarly, and I'm in the fitness world for like my whole life, pretty much. Still didn't hear about them. I, I knew yoga. <laughs> yoga is good. Everybody else knows yoga, but this is like a, a cousin of yoga, I guess, and, and a family of the same. But but the idea is. Uh, first things first, I, I want to just go with your background and uh, how you got into your personal training and all that. And then uh, what prompted you to really get into the Ayurvedic you know, world and, and, and what is that in the first place? So let's go with that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm super excited to be here and share more about my story. So I have been in the personal training space now for 15 years, and I really started doing workouts for friends. Like I started lifting weights at the age of 16. So way back in the day, um, like I just was, I, we had a women's or girls only weight room in high school. And, um, my, my coach was like, Hey, do you want to come in in the mornings and lift weights? So I'm like, sure. So I made one of my teammates and, um, she was like, okay, if I'm doing this, like you have to write up workouts for us. Cause I'm not just going to come in there and do whatever. So that's kind of my first introduction to it. And then in college, I studied psychology and sports and exercise science. So the perfect blend for personal training. And then right out of college, I, you know, started training. So I was working from, as most trainers have the trainer schedule, 5 a.m. until 10 p.m. Then I also coached a youth basketball team. So I also had that on the weekends. So I'm working a ton. And then all of a sudden, um, probably after doing this for about five years, every Friday, like clockwork, I would end up throwing up at this soccer academy where I did some training. And it was just, my body was just stressed out and just overwhelmed. And so that was kind of my first, like, what's, what's going on? You know, I'm young, I'm healthy. And then my boss finally called me in at that job. And he was like, you have to make a decision. You know, at the time I just started my business, but it had grown quite a bit. And so he's like, it's either your business or you're staying here with me. So I chose my business. And then with that, I kind of started to discover new modalities. And that's when I first got into yoga. I went on a yoga retreat in Costa Rica, got introduced to Ayurveda. And then that's where I was like, well, I need to know more about Ayurveda. Like this seems like the perfect wellness system to go with my personal training. 
And so, you know, I studied that and I've been studying that for the last seven years. And that has been really the game changer I have found with my clients, like actually getting better results, you know, one-on-one personal training and Ayurveda has been getting better results than just one-on-one Ayurveda. I have found that training piece really is an important piece than rather than me just sitting and talking with a client, because I think people are actually like, you know, they're doing a workout and I'm just saying, Hey, can we introduce this habit? Can we introduce this? And I think a lot of the times they're already ready to make changes. And so I'm finding it's easier for them to introduce Ayurvedic concepts than just a one-on-one sit down Ayurvedic client. Wow. Well, there's a lot of there. I know. <laughs> we, we got to break that's it down. That's my like cliff notes. <laughs> I, I know. That, that was good. That was like a, a nice summary. But but now let's let's dive in. And the first things first, I mean, you you started working out early on and, and you took, I mean, weightlifting is, is big and uh and uh you know and and i have to say for a girl it's it, it's not a common thing and you know a lot of people may think that it's not uh, a woman thing but it is uh, there's there's plenty of bodybuilding girls and women out there that are really into it uh and you did at a younger age which is the best time to to really build all that you know uh, mass and, and and shape and look and all that and maybe compete and all that so that was good but then you took that into a full-time job <laughs> and you became a personal trainer and, and and you're right in the personal training world you have to have clients and you start from as early as where the gym opens at five and whatever they end up sometimes some gyms are even 24 hours <laughs> yeah. you know and and i know it took people don't realize in the fitness world you know you're physically working <laughs> i mean obviously in all the work we do physical you know activities but you are training people, but you're also showing them doing. And if you do an hour average a day is one thing, but if you do like four or five hours where you actually are lifting, doing, and showing, it takes a toll on your body. And anyone and, that actually- And teaching group fitness, because I taught uh, classes too. So you throw that in the mix and you've got yeah, exactly. a lot of workouts. <laughs> you have your cardio, you have your body. Your body is really your knees, everything. I mean, yeah, when you're young, it's okay. You know, you don't feel it as much. And it gets a little to a point where, hello, <laughs> things yes. are not working out. And, and so, so eventually you, something happened and you said you started literally just, you know, clockworks every Friday, you have this, this vomiting, you know, event. Uh, first of all, what was, did you find out what it was specifically medically speaking? No, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was a stress because after I quit, um, I'm thankful for that, that owner. Cause he ran this business and he had this big soccer Academy. And so he kind of introduced it and was like, Hey, this is what I think is going on. And then, and he wanted me, he was going to buy out my business so I could be with him full time. And I said, you know what, I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to, I'm going to do this thing. And I've had my business now for 10 years. So it was a good bet, but you know, from him, even just saying, you know, life as an entrepreneur, it can be stressful. Like you're go, go, go. So as soon as I quit, you know, kind of spreading myself so thin that I stopped, like all of that stopped. I didn't throw up anymore. And I, I mean, my friends would make fun of me because they'd come to my apartment and they're like, you wrote clipping your fingernails on your to-do list. I'm like, yeah, that's how busy I was. Like, I didn't have time to just do little things like that. And so, you know, once all of that kind of faded away, I was like, oh, I have space. I have time to slow down and to breathe and to rest and realizing how important that is no matter, you know, even as you're an entrepreneur, cause I was at the time I wasn't married and so I'm supporting myself. So you have that hustle mentality cause you need to, to support yourself. Mm. But then you also have to have that, you know, time where, okay, I'm not going to work weekends. I'm not taking any training clients on the weekends. And then I started kind of um, like right now, I only see clients three days a week. So I've really buttoned up my schedule now to the point where I'm like, okay, I might be pushing hard for, you know, three days a week, but I know I have plenty of time to rest and recharge and do back end stuff like my podcast and my admin, you know, checking in on clients those other days. Well, thank you. I mean, that's big. And and I think, you know, I, I didn't, talk about this yet but the fact that you were not only working for somebody but also started your own i i know exactly how that feels <laughs> i'm doing it right now i mean i'm working <laughs> full time and i have i have this and i'm doing other things and so and i've done it pretty much for the last 25 years i've been always doing double things and stuff and i know i do i do have a, a healthy formula where i do take my time off i just do my stuff my weekends my time so i do i have it broken down into a science right now so it's good but you're right there's a point when you're younger and you just you just hustle to your point, just do it, because uh, you want to reach those those targets and and, and dream goals that you've set and uh, whatever they may be. In your case, you wanted your business to grow and do this, and sometimes it can go into conflict. And and again, because yours is all physical, that's the part. I mean, your physical body has limitations no matter how. Uh, we're not meant to to operate twenty four seven physically. You have to rest the body. You have to you know give you enough nutrition. You have to take a, a pose and 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 breathe and and take a break. 
more than just once. I mean, and, and that's been proven. I mean, and even in just the business world as, as normal, even people that sit on the desk, they'd have to get up and do the thing, stretch and, and then just take off, you know, a little bit of time off from work. Cause you have to, your mental state also has an impact. So it's a combination of all, and you're right. Stress can't do that. I mean, you get anxiety and maybe that's how the body reacts. And so for people listening and watching, uh, you might find yourself in the same predicament because I think a lot of us, you know, at any given time, we might get into that that mode where like life gets in the way and we are trying to make it, but then it's on the depends of your own health and physical and mental, and that takes a toll. And sometimes it can be too late. So we want to make sure that it don't wait until it's too late. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And I have plenty of clients who, um, you know, are in their fifties and sixties and, you know, would kind of like lecture me um, like nicely, you know, Hey, what are we doing here, Andrea? I think you might be doing too much. And, um, in the Ayurvedically speaking, I am a, like a Pitta Doshan. So that, that is kind of like your go, go, go very goal oriented. And that is just my inner drive. And that's, that is my balance is a little bit of push. And a lot of the clients that were telling me this were also Pitta women, but who had crashed and burned, you know, who both of the ones who I'm thinking of in particular, you know, had breast cancer and they're like, we pushed too hard. And when we were younger and this is what happened, you know, like the body, you know, you don't, you don't pay attention. Like you're just stuff starts to happen, inflammation and all of those things. And so that was kind of also eye-opening, you know, in my, you know, in my late twenties, I'm like, Oh, that's so far away. But then really like I'm now in my late thirties and I'm like, Oh yeah, this, this is, this matters, you know, our health matters. And it's right around the corner, you know, is like, I talk a lot about, you know, working out with your cycle as well and menopause. And I'm like, well, menopause, even in your late thirties, people have to start thinking about that. Cause what you're doing now is going to affect menopause. And so now really just taking that kind of holistic lens and really saying, okay, like, what are we doing now to prepare for the future? Um, that's kind of how I take that bird's eye view. Well, well, thank you. I mean, you've actually covered almost a, a different angles in terms of age groups and, and what people should expect. Now, obviously, you're referring to women specifically. And I think, yes, yeah, while men may not experience menopause specifically, <laughs> but, we, but I think I think it happens for all. I mean, both sides of, of, oh, yeah. of the spectrum, they might have their own ways of, of really feeling that stress and getting really uh, in a, potentially in a bad situation. So and you're right. So the idea is when we are younger, uh, the energy is there, the metabolism is kicking and uh, we're invincible, bottom line. I, you know, I'm no longer at that age, but I, I remember it was only the other day and, you know, where I thought that, you know, I can conquer the world and, and everything I did and fitness and all that and I can do it all. But then it's funny because your body does tell you like, hey, you, you can't think about it, but it's not, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Whatever you're thinking, your mind may think that you can jump, but you know, my body's not going to go with it. <laughs> and it happens that way. Obviously, I mean, we have to keep, you know, up with whatever you do. I mean, if you love fitness and wellness, stay in it. I'm never going to say to anyone, I, I think as long as I live, I'm going to be doing something physical and activities. That's just how it is. So never stop no matter what. But, but do it where balance is, is key. And, and you said a, a very key word. Uh, now you're doing three days a week. So you balance it out. So you have your days off, you do your stuff and you take a little bit of a breather in between. And by the way, you will give more that way because if you're completely depleted, I mean, how much you know good can you do to others? And if, if people are seeing you like, oh my God, okay, just pick up in the weight and your energy is going to demotivate them and they're not going to have any energy themselves because it's all about that, that energy exchange. And so that's a big deal. Oh yeah. I talk about that all the time with um, one of my other trainer friends, when I was kind of first starting my business and I was like, man, what do you do to kind of recharge? Cause you kind of, you know, when you work the split hours um, and again, I don't do that anymore. Cause I've, con I've consolidated that as well. So my hours are primarily morning and I'm done by one, but when I had those split days, and, you know, if you're a trainer or even anyone who works kind of that split shift, you kind of never feel off, even though you have that break in the middle of the day, you kind of still are like, okay, I got to get back on in the evening. And as a trainer, most people don't like to work out. Like that's just not something people like to do. And so I have to kind of be that energy and provide that for people. So they're excited to be here and, you know, excited to get the new workout when they might be like, oh man, it's six o'clock. I'm done working. This is the last place I want to be, you know? So I have to bring that. And so I found that um, for myself, having now the set, like pretty much 8 AM until like two are kind of my set training hours that has helped too, for my own state, like sustainability. Cause otherwise I, I, it's hard for me to get going to pause, get going pause. Cause that wears you down too. 
Well, yeah, I mean, you don't want to have the, the yo-yos up and downs and stuff. You want to like have a steady, you start your day, it's pumping and all that. And you're right, sometimes you can, uh, in a lot of gyms, for example, personal trainers or even instructors, they may have sessions in the mornings, they come back in the afternoon, they do it, they have a little breather, they sleep, they write, you know, whatever they have to do in between. So they re-energize and go back. Uh, and and remember, in, in this world of fitness and wellness uh, and personal training in general, you, you are, if you your customers, your clients, cannot feel that you are off yeah. <laughs> i mean otherwise there's there's plenty of choices the reason they choose you is you are there for them you motivate you pump them but if you're always like constantly off i mean you know they're not going to see that and they're just going to like you know this is not for me i'm going to move somewhere else so that's a big deal and and you're right the the motivation comes from you i mean yes they have to be inspired themselves but but the motivation has to come and if that motivation is lacking or you're just very weak for them now listen we are human Sometimes we're off no matter what. You can try, you can get energy, you know, drinks, but you're not there. But you, you just have to keep them motivated. That's the key. But, but well, I think the energy part too with the, you know, it ebbs and flows, especially like with the cycling female, I'm trying to teach people too that rest. You know, I'm like, there are going to be times where you are low energy just because your hormones are low energy right now. And that's okay. But, you know, like your client might even ask, like they might pick up on that if you have a good enough relationship with them. But knowing that like most of the days you are there for them, like clients could again, feel that. And that's one of the things I'm passionate about too, is, you know, having that right coach. Cause I think sometimes we've all hired, like, I know I have in business wise, I've hired the wrong coach and the energy was off. And that's the same thing with like the personal training or any like one-on-one relationship is, you know, finding that energy match for you. Well, again, it's, it's part of what people see. I mean, you go to any gym, fitness, wellness center right now. You know, you usually experience it. You get a couple of sessions just to feel it. And, and, and that's exactly what people make a decision. Did they join or did they not join there? I mean, because, and that's what makes a difference between maybe a different school to another or a different gym center or gym fitness, wellness, whatever. Because you go in one place, like uh, the mood is really off and they go, yeah. oh my God, I love these people. They're like happening. And, and that's really what drives you. Even classes within the same gym. I mean, oh, you have yeah. different instructors with different pieces, you know, and, and everybody has a different you know, energy level, you, some, some classes are kind of mild and some classes are like, you know, you hear that from the outside, like, Oh, go, go. I mean, people are going crazy <laughs> and you just want to be part of that. Right. So contagious, but you're right. We, we drive that in terms of when you lead anybody, right? By the way, this is also good for, for business purposes, not even in the wellness and fitness, your energy projects and whoever's, whether you're doing it, just a public speaking or a speech or a presentation, if you're like, okay, so today we're going to, I mean, <laughs> Everybody's got to like snooze on you, right? So, but it's all about that, like get them, keep them engaging. But that's exactly what happens. And 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 the wellness and fitness you have, it's live, it's physical, it's mental, it's all happening at the same time. So, so Andrea, let's talk now about your experience. You discovered you went to yoga. You and there was a reason because yoga actually, I guess, it, it's a calming, you know, soothing, and it, it gives you a whole different, you know, zen, you know, uh, ability. But then. That was the transition, and that's how you discovered the Ayurveda, you know, world. So, so, so you went. You said Costa Rica, right? Yes. Right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I, I want to go there. I mean, I, I, I've heard only the best. I know it's, <laughs> it's one of the beautiful. best, you know, locations. I think uh, there's more Americans now there than I can imagine. Oh yeah. Uh, it's 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 really a big place, you know, and uh, everybody that goes there. They fall in love with the nature and all that. And I think if there's a place, probably that's it is on to do this and the bucket list, you know, it's definitely on there. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Yes. Yeah. I went to a yoga retreat there and that was where, and this is before I became a yoga teacher. And you know, the, the instructor there was like, Oh, you know, Andrea, you're a pitta. And I was like, I don't know what this means this pitta. And so I was kind of like, what is this? And then she was like, it's based in Ayurveda. And my friend there, she was like, you're, a, you're Vata. And so I got to learn a little bit about, you know, your pitta, your Vata. And then the other one is the Kapha. And so I signed up immediately when I got back, I was like, well, I'm going to go to a yoga teacher training and learn more about Ayurveda, which is kind of funny because when you actually go to a yoga teacher training, the Ayurveda day is literally three hours. And so, you know, you go through your first, and now I've went through 500 hours of yoga teacher training, but my first 200 hour, three hours is what we spent. And so that's where after that, I'm like, well, I want to know more about Ayurveda. Like I like the yoga and I like that I can use it now with clients. So on days where clients were low energy, you know, and I still do this to this day is we do yoga days and they love that too, that flexibility of like, you know what, I'm really exhausted. Can we just do yoga today? And then I'm like, sure. So I have that in my kind of tool bag. And then Ayurveda, I was like, I I really want to go deeper. And so I studied with Katie Silcox and with Kate Stillman. And so I went through a few of their programs and 
one was about the feminine form. And then the first year with Kate Stillman was kind of just getting the bare, um, like just your Vata Pitta Kapha. What does that mean? How does this actually implement in the Western world? And so I found a good mixture of both of those philosophies because if I didn't have that, that bare bones of like what it is going into that feminine form where it's a little bit more, you know, in your head and you have to really ground these practices down, um, which I like to do now, but Western, like our minds don't work that way. We like to know what are we, are we a Vata? Are we a Pitta or are we a Kapha? And so making sure that we have those, um, you know, those quizzes, I think are important just so we can kind of get the door open for people to understand a little bit more about what Ayurveda is. Sandra, can you, uh, on yeah. those three, the, the pita, and can you just, you know, what, what they are, you know, for just audiences, because I mean, I, yeah. I, I have no idea what they are. I mean, it sounds like they're different yeah. ranks, <laughs> different ranks yeah. or levels. So the vata, pitta, and kapha are all mind-body types. And so they're associated with, um, you know, with our own selves, but also with the seasons and also with the time of day. So they, they are kind of the thing that makes Ayurveda go. And so once you kind of learn a little bit about those three, you can kind of see them in everyday life. So for example, that Vata, the Vata dosha is, um, in humans, this is going to look like out of balance. If you're, you know, you're on your phone and you're talking to your friend and you're like, okay, I'm trying to go meet you, but I can't find my phone. Where did I put my phone? That scattered anxious energy. You're like, no, I'm on my phone. That's why I can't find it. So that's an out of balance Vata, which I think we've all felt because it's related to that wind element. So it can be a little bit more, um, you know, like on windy days, I've had many people come back and they're like, they're just blown. They're like, what was that idea? What was I going to do? Oh, I forgot to write that down. And now it's gone. And then in balance, though, that Vata dosha, very much like the guy that I worked for at that soccer Academy, that he was Vata his ideas just poured out of him. Like he was this huge, you know, like CEO of just his whole office was filled with just writing and ideas and just constantly um, just so creative. But what can happen and the flip side of that is he needed me, the Pitta to drive it forwards. So I was the one who could see these ideas and actually put them and implement them. So the Pittas come in as, as kind of that driver and the motivator. Um, but out of balance, a Pitta is gonna look like burnt out overwhelmed. Um, the person throwing up on Fridays, like that's all that pitta being out of balance. And then that third dosha is that kapha. And so kapha's imbalance are, I always call them like the mama earths um, or papa earths, I guess, but you, they're the people that you just want to give them a hug. Like they're so grounded in their energy. They're so warm. Um, they're the people who just love to give. And then out of balance, it's going to look like they've given too much and not taking care of themselves. They get stuck on the couch, Netflix and chill, like that's kind of just low motivation. That's what kapha looks like out of balance. And so we have all three of us, three of those in us in different amounts. And so just because like, for example, I'm a pitta does not mean that my vata won't go out of balance because it does. Like that's probably the dosha of mine that goes out the most. Mm -hmm. I don't have a ton of kapha in me. And so for me, that's a pretty easy dosha to balance. I don't have to worry a ton about that dosha per se, because again, that's just the least amount of quality in me. Um, and I also find I don't do as well with Kafa clients just because of that. Like I can't relate as well, just because it's not my innate nature is not Netflix and chill. It's the more up and go. So that's kind of how I use it too, with clients is motivational. Like, okay, my pizza, my pizza people, we need to chill out. You know, we need to practice self-care so we don't burn out. So we're not overwhelmed. And then the Vata people, they usually have to do some sort of uh, meditation, some grounded, especially in the morning. If they don't start their day with a little grounding, they tend to be a little bit scattered. And by the end of the day, they're like, what did I get done today? It's kind of like a tornado energy. And the Kapha, the best thing to start their day is movement. Kaphas need to get up and get going. So that's also the toughest one I found for personal training is typically the Kaphas like to work out later, but really it's good for them to get going and get moving. I, I love the description you have because it, it, it almost looks like a, an equalizer <laughs> depending yes. on which frequency you just have to tune up and tune down to get them adjusted to the right balance so they can actually perform at that prime. I, I love that. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool stuff. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's uh, you're right. There's different personalities, different, different levels, energies. Everybody's driven by different, you know, pieces. Some people are like, just go, 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 go. And you're like, some people are just completely back, you know, chair, back seat, relaxing, whatever. And you have the people that are in between. They're just like all over the place. So, so I think, I think really adjusting those tweaks, you know, correctly and, and you'll help. And that's exactly sometimes each one of those 
you know, is good at one thing because that's what they do and, and you help them balance the rest and therefore now they can be literally adjusted and any one of them can experience the same thing in, in the central, you know, uh, level. And that, that's, that's awesome. I mean, uh, so, so then, then and, and I do want to go back to uh, something you talked about menopause and, and, and hormones and stuff and how to, you know, your advice to women specifically. But before we do that, well, let's do that, actually. And then we'll go back to your Ayurveda, because I want to, you know, like, if you can define a little bit, you know, more on the concept and uh, the teachings of it and, and what does it entail. But so, so let's talk about just that, that the whole piece. I mean, I know, I guess most of your clients are women and uh, you, you help them. Uh, kind of adjust and you're right i mean moment women besides menopause you have also the menses and stuff like that and there's different you know adjustment that need to happen and it's not always easy i mean i i have my my wife my daughter my mom i mean i've been surrounded <laughs> with a lot of women in my work my bosses and so i know how that feels and you know coming from male like you know oh how how much do you know why do you know because i'm surrounded and you have to 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 live with that and stand it and and be you know uh, aware of these things because you there's times you, you can't be just like well, what's wrong with you I mean, that doesn't work <laughs> you need to know what's going on and yes. I, I, I'm saying for my fellow man you know you know uh, uh, boys and, and men out there you know just understand that you're gonna have women in your life and therefore you need to understand these concepts and then the more you know the better your relationships are going to be no matter what who they are totally so, so, well, so, yeah. so about that yeah so one of the things I like to do for like, we'll just start, we'll start with the cycle health. So the menstrual cycle, like it has four major phases. And so each of those phases, I, I slightly kind of tweak workouts for people and for myself. So the menstrual phase is the bleeding phase. And usually I tell people rest is best those first two days. Um, and so I usually take those off sometimes even day three, just depending on how people feel. If anything, go for a light walk, do some yoga poses, but yoga restorative, not like a flow class. So that's kind of that first phase. Cause that's the time where people, and you'll get, you know, female clients who are just like, I'm just, I'm so tired. I'm exhausted. And so those are the days again, where I pull out my yoga with clients. Um, and then the follicular phase is going to be that you start to get a little bit more energy. Your hormones are rising again. And so for that, this is a great time to do creative workouts. So this is time where people like to do dance or, you know, try a new workout class or try something different that you've always wanted to. This is a great time to do that. Now there have been studies. This is also something that's kind of, um, it's kind of cool, I think, but people have not studied women's health and workouts like they do males, like hit and all of those have been, a lot of them are done in males, not in women. And so what they're finding is hit workouts all month long are not great for women. It really is not good for our hormones. And so that follicular phase, what they found is people are more likely to tear their ACLs and have those injuries, which being a coach, I was a coach um, of basketball and for tennis many years. I'm like, this would have been great information just to know. So I could have helped. I had one girl, an eighth grade girl tear ACL, you know, the weekend before our state tournament, you know, I'm like, oh, if I would have known, like I would have maybe not played her as much if that was her phase, you know, and all these little things that you can kind of do to prevent stuff like that from happening. So that's kind of one thing. Um, joints might feel a little bit more achy. So for those jumping things, you know, maybe if you're, if you're training someone and they're in that phase, you're like, we're just not going to jump this, you know, these five days and then ovulation. So that's the time where you can do those hit workouts. So this is the time where your estrogen, progesterone are at their highest. And so you have that energy to give and those hit workouts, those interval runs, all of that, this is time to do it. It's a short phase. It's not long. It's three to five days. So it's not a big chunk of our time. Then we slide into the luteal phase. Hormones start to drop. Estrogen does take a little peak up and then it com comes all the way down again, which most women, if you really are in tune with that, you'll feel like I can tell them like, oh, yep, I feel it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, nope, I don't want to lift as heavy just because it's not, it doesn't feel as good. And so that's the time where people start to get maybe cranky or the PMS, all of that stuff, which is normal, but it doesn't have to happen. And that's, that's one way I like to introduce Ayurveda to people too. And, you know, finding that balance with those doshas. So you can stop, stop some of that kind of unfun things, you know, with the menstrual cycle. And so the luteal phase is a great time to do strength training, um, stability work, core pelvis stabilization. Um, I like to work a lot on that because once you're back into the menstrual cycle, menstrual, when you're bleeding the core, everything that's associated with that vata dosha, which again is where things get loosey goosey. And then you go back to the follicular and if stuff is loosey goosey, that's the time you get injured. So it all is connected, but that's kind of the the bird's eye view, I guess I take from it. And that's why I think it's important, you know, for like, I was, I'm also a pre postpartum specialist. 
And I was trying to educate one of my male counterparts about it. I'm like, no, these things are really important because there are, you know, rhyme and reason why we do these things. You know, I worked with the Olympic athlete um, who was a cross country skier during her pregnancy. And so her stuff that she could do is way different from my other clients who are pregnant because she's an Olympic athlete. Like Mm -hmm. her core was amazing. And she had that strength and that stability, but you don't train everyone like that, even though maybe they want to, just because you see that on Instagram, you're like, Oh, I want to do that. Like, no, that's not necessarily great for you. Cause you don't have that same background. And then as a trainer, making sure you have that restraint. So you don't push them farther than they need to go at that time in their life. So that's kind of a little snapshot. No, that's actually a big snapshot. <laughs> as a matter of fact, I, I think this is the first time uh, that someone, you know, uh, in, uh, as a trainer or fitness or wellness person has broken it down literally to that level. And I, that's why I wanted to ask because, you know, a lot of women, you know, out there may be and they're fit. I mean, including my wife. I mean, she's in the fitness, and, you know, and she's a trainer as well and stuff. But understanding these, com- you know, components and these cycles and how they impact your abilities, that's a big deal. Uh, and and you just said something very important about the, the, the athlete, right? The Olympic athlete. Uh, that's someone that's been practicing and physically fit for a long time. You cannot compare that person to someone who just got into fitness literally, you know, a few years. Uh, the core is different. The muscles, you know, mass is different. So all these things and the body is not used to certain things. So everybody's different. When a personal trainer is not understanding these things, they might sometimes put somebody at risk. So, so it's important to realize that, you know, you need to know who for what and when you apply certain things. And even to your point, times of the month, <laughs> you know, that's even within the same cycle, there's different days for different things and you have to be able to gauge those. And here's the other thing, if you're doing a class and you have a lot of people and maybe some of them are experiencing it, now you have to tune in and up, you know, <laughs> which, which exercise you do and modify things for certain people. And that's, that's the other thing, that's expertise. Uh, and, and so I, I thank you for clarifying it because I think people are listening right now like, wow, oh, I didn't think about it. I, I'm listening for the first time, you know, I'm hearing it broken down to that. I, I'm enjoying it. And I'm not, I'm not even a lady here. So I'm getting the, the vibe about it. But but here's the thing. Uh, the other thing I think that's big with, with, with women in general is also, I think, thyroids hormones i mean you mentioned hormones i mean thyroid you know uh, it's it's a big deal and i know because again in the case of my wife you know that, that that's a big deal and uh you know uh, some some are hyper you know thyroid some some are hypo and that can change the whole dynamics uh, is there anything in the ayurveda you know world that kind of helps regulate these things and through the teachings uh that, that you've learned yeah and this would be too tricky i think to to give you like a, a set answer um i'll just kind of okay. give you the general but it's, sure. it's 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 about the doshas so when i look at people like i'll just say heartburn for example because that's one that i tend to attract a lot of people at heartburn and so when i'm looking at heartburn i'm looking at okay what dosha is coming out of balance typically it's your pitta because again it's the heating it's going to be that acid it's all the the fire qualities which are associated with that pitta dosha so i'm looking at okay Let's look at your lifestyle. Let's look at your nutrition. What can we do to fix it? It's going to be the same thing with the thyroid only that's going to be a little bit more complicated. Um, cause we always say for whom and when, so like your medicine might be poison for me. And so that's kind of where I have like a 20 page intake when I really go deep. And so the thyroid would be one where I'd have to have you get me a 20 page intake to see exactly, I can see your lifestyle and get a glimpse. So that's kind of the one, um, with some of these with just the Ayurvedic, it's hard to give you like a quick boom, this is the answer. Cause if for whom and when right now it might be great for you, but in 10 years, this might not be great for you because stuff has shifted or now that's become, um, let's just say like we use trifla. Do you know what trifla? Have you heard of that? Mm-hmm. So trifla is like a, it's an herb that we use if people are constipated. It's not something you want to be on long-term, but what I found in the Western world is people are telling people, yeah, you can take it all every day, you know, for forever. And then my Ayurvedic doctor friends are like, no, no, no. That's not what we do in India. You know, it's, we take it six weeks. We are off of it six weeks. We see if we need to go back on it. Um, and again, that helps with your daily eliminations when people are constipated. That's typically when you go on it. And that's one that I've heard, um, people kind of come to me and they're like, Oh, should I take this? Or I'm taking this herb. I don't really know why, or they saw it on, you know, Pinterest. I had a gal who saw it on Pinterest, but she was trying to get pregnant. I was like, Ooh, stop doing that immediately. That is, that's a down and out thing. So we don't want to do that if you're trying to get pregnant because it's a down and out. And so that's one thing with Ayurveda. If you see some herbs like ashwagandha, like that was one that was really popular and I'm like, well, why are you going to take it? Are you taking it? Because this magazine article said it was really good. 
And that's not a great reason. Like you should still know, like, or get advice from an Ayurvedic practitioner or doctor before you take some of these herbs, because I mean, there's still medicine. Like this is what our medicine is made out of. It's made out of herbs. And so just kind of being a little bit aware, um, that's kind of my other soapbox, I guess I went on a tangent, but I think it's important because I, I have seen that I've seen more people just taking random herbs, um, just because they're like, yeah, I saw it in a magazine. I heard it's really good for reducing adrenal fatigue. And I'm like, yes. And there's other better ways to do it, which include your lifestyle diet and lifestyles where we start, we don't start with herbs. That's kind of a, the last thing we prescribe. Well, thank you for clarifying that because you're right. Now it's the same thing like everything else. I mean, something that can work for me may not work for you. And, you know, and just cause it, it is, it is good, but, but there's always you know, good for who, as you said, it's not for everyone. Uh, you might be you, it might be somebody, and, and there may be something better for you. And that that's always key. So for our audiences and people in general, you always have to, to seek the advice correctly. I mean, it's like, you know, Tylenol is good, but is it for everyone? I mean, if you have bad liver, <laughs> you yeah. might not want to even venture. And, and, and that's a simple thing, right? I mean, I'm talking Tylenol as, as the uh, acetaminophen, but, but the idea is just the concept. Yeah. And, and that know. is actually, I just read an article that if you're pregnant, that should not be something that you take all of the time. They just had studies literally just done. I, I mean, it just came out this morning from one of the doctors I respect. And she was like, just PSA, this just came out. Be very careful if you are taking any um, Tylenol during pregnancy this is not recommended. They don't know if this interferes a little bit with the fetus and the um, neurological development. So I'm like, this is, I mean, all of that stuff where you're just like, you don't know all the time. And the, the person with ashwagandha with, um, you know, just really quick with that heartburn, I told her, I was like, Oh, like, I see you've been taking ashwagandha. You know, what are you doing that for? And she said it was to reduce stress. And it was like, actually it's a heating herb. So if you have all of this heat going on and you're taking ashwagandha, yes. And she didn't know, you know, she was just like, I, I didn't know. And she had gotten recommendation from, I think another, some style of doctor, but I'm like, oh yeah, this is where the herbalist side comes out too. I'm like, you have to know if it's a heating or a cooling herb. So I was like, oh, I have a different herb that if you're going to take one, take this one, this is going to be probably contributing to your problem. So little things like that, you know, just kind of before you just blindly, um, you know, start taking stuff or following advice. Well, so let, let's talk about that because, because really I love the, the way you're breaking it down because you understand these concepts through the Ayurveda, you know, teachings. And so let's, let's just dive, deep dive for some people like, and they still probably like, what, what, so what's the overall picture of the Ayurveda? It sounds like there's holistic approaches, there's herbal, you know, techniques, there's some, some uh, meditation techniques. It's a little bit of a whole approach. So let's talk about that whole concept just to bring it as, 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 as we broke down the, the message, you know, to a level where people can just like, oh, I think this is something that I'd like to, to venture in or at least discover or experience. I mean, I think it may be for all of us that it's something that we can all benefit from. Yeah. So I, when I teach this to people, a lot of times people are like, oh my gosh, I see the world in a different way now because ev everything you can be looked at through an Ayurvedic lens, like every disease, every, you know, workout, every practice, everything. So what I always look from it is like, let's just say, we'll look at food. So if a salad, so a salad is going to be dry. It's going to be cold. It's going to be cool. Let's look at a bowl of soup. That's going to be warm. It's going to be a nourishing. Um, it's going to be wet. And so when we're looking at these things, I can see two different doshas and I know what's going to aggravate doshas. So when we looked at the salad, those qualities are similar to that vata dosha. So if you're prone to constipation and if you're prone to vata being out of balance, which a lot of people are, that may be not the best thing for you to have. The soup is going to be similar more to that kapha dosha. It's going to be the grounding. And so that's going to be better for that vata dosha who tends to be up here. They want to ground themselves. So the soup is going to help ground them. But then on the flip side, if you're a kapha and you're feeling really out of balance and you're already really heavy and you just feel, oh, I don't have motivation that that soup is going to ground you more. So that salad might be a little bit better option because it's lighter. It's going to lift you up. And so that's kind of how I look at just the qualities and everything. I'm like, okay, if I'm going to work out and I'm feeling again, that kapha, that heaviness working out, that's going to help because it's breaking things up. It's moving. And then again, on the flip side, if we're a vata and we're moving and we're going to that fast vinyasa, you know, yoga class where we're go, 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 and we're already go, go, go that's going to aggravate that vata. And now we're going to be spinning and out of balance again. And so, okay, well, I do want to move because movement is great. What can I do instead? Well, let me do a slow flow yoga class. Let me go for a walk out in nature. So it's something that I'm still moving, 
but it's going to keep me in balance. And then my pittas for workout wise, I will say I battle this one because pittas love competition. So CrossFit very hard for a pitta to do successfully without injuring themselves, burning out. Cause you're just like, I gotta be number one. Same thing with like the orange theory classes. Like I used to teach there way back in the day. And like you had the pitta energy where you're like, I need to be the best. Mm-hmm. And so that that's that pitta, which a lot of, again, a lot of people in the wellness space tend to be just because you probably come from a sports background of some sorts as well. And so balancing that, like, I don't tell people never to do that. That's also why I had to probably attract a lot of pittas because I'm like, no, you just have to know your limits. So if you're going to do those things, you got to make sure you're okay. Not being number one. If you're, let's say late luteal, like, and you're like, I have no energy. I'm down here. Like we don't need to push to our max at that point. And so really tuning into the body, that's kind of, um, you know, what Ayurveda is really at the, at the core of things. It's all about listening to the body and slowing down to do it. Well, so Ayurveda, you mentioned uh, something about India. So it's deeply rooted in the Indian, you know, the Eastern cultures and specifically India. And I think it is, it is, again, yoga, you know, uh, same, I think similar teachings, right? If I'm not mistaken. Sister science. Yeah, they call it the sister science to yoga. And, and, and so for us here, we might not see them, you know, in the same equal eye as, as the Western medicine, similar to the Chinese medicine. And, you know, and, and, and it's the same concept almost, but it is, it has to do to your point with the, the balance, the inner spirit. It's, it's all about the energy. It's about the, the, the intake and, and the type of, I guess, plants you use for different things. And so there's all these, uh, uh, you know, treatments that you can, you know, apply and uh, medicines, well, maybe just, you know, elixirs, <laughs> whatever you want to call them and <laughs> nice little potions, but they're actually, you know, are good for different things. And, and that's really a big deal. I mean, you know, cause, and I know a lot of people, uh, they sometimes don't get serviced in the right way in, in the regular Western medicine, cause they get, you know, adverse reaction with, with, you know, uh, drugs that are, you know, like pharmaceutical drugs, things like that. So they do, kind of go to, you know, holistic and, you know, more plant-based and more like, you know, unique approaches. And I think the Ayurveda concept comes in play there. It's the same thing again with Chinese herbs and things like that. So it's a big deal, but, but again, it takes someone like you that understands it to, to kind of present that in, in, in all aspects. You mentioned something clearly about, you know, uh, or theory. And I know it's funny because they have the TV in front of them and they have to see like, who's going to be top and stuff. So it causes that competition. But I, I personally can tell you this, you know, I mean, I, I hit 50 and, and, you know, life changes every decade. <laughs> and what I realized, you know, yeah, originally it started with like, you want to win everything. Uh, now I don't do it for winning. I do it for me. So I don't care if I don't do like 200 reps, you know, that I, you know, because someone's going to be like, oh, you didn't make that, you know, no, I don't care. I'll do 10. <laughs> you know, I do 10 on my pace and I do another 10 on my pace and that's okay. It keeps, as long as I keep, you know, keep up with it. That's the thing. Like you can go crazy. And then to your point, if you hurt yourself, it's over. And, and it gets to a point where you got to hurt yourself because your body is not going to be the same strength that you've had before. And again, obviously the show is probably for everybody. And, you know, we have all different ages and that, that probably listen, but, but understand whatever age group you're in, just know your limits, know how far you can go. Don't yes. This is, uh, we want to encourage people to be competitive and, and really athletic and stuff, but at the same time, make sure that you know uh, the outcomes, because if you do it wrong, you might lose on, like you said, I mean, simple as the tennis player who actually got hurt the day before or a couple of days before a competition. And that's all there is. Sometimes you, you, you will be like all excited and then oops, something happens and you're done because you push yourself to the limit. So understanding this, this, this concept is a simple, but it's pretty powerful in terms of practice. Uh, one thing you said, uh, Andrea, which I, I, I enjoyed, you said that you get about 20 pages of, of content and, and, and assessment on each of your clients. So, so let's talk about that. I mean, what are you looking for specifically when someone comes to you as, as, a, as a coach or a trainer uh, in, in this realm? Because you're right, if and most of the assessments are typically five questions. Why do you want to do this? You know, you know, what, you know, you do have a wedding, whatever, but, but really to understand someone, you need to deep dive and ask some serious questions because there's health stuff that you might not see. Uh, so what are some of the, the core things that you look for to make sure that you get the right plan for each, you know, uh, client? Yeah. So I do, um, everything. I mean, like you name it, I, I ask it with like anything from sleep diet, 
work out what have you done in the past? What, um, why did it not work in the past? Um, we look at reproductive history. We look at family health history. We are looking at, um, you know, what are your goals? And, you know, I'm kind of looking through to see, does, do things match up? Cause sometimes when you catch, you're like, okay, you say your goal is this, but you know, we're not quite in alignment with what, what's going on. Um, I also look at spiritual, like, are you feeling fulfilled with, you know, your spiritual practice, your hobbies, are you doing stuff for fun? Um, you know, family, all of that stuff. So I'm kind of doing the whole deep dive. And then really with that, it kind of just gives me all of that stuff again, can be applied to the So I'm looking and I'm like labeling like a V a P or a K you know, based on their answers. Like I can kind of like, okay, that's a very Vata thing. That's Pitta. And then that's kind of how I tally up probably what dosha they are. And then once I get to talking with someone, um, typically I can pick out what dosha they are as well. Um, and that's kind of where I put that together and put together their plan because what they're, again, just because you're a Pitta doesn't mean that like you fill out this form and you're like, yeah, your Vata, it's really out of balance. We gotta, we gotta make sure this gets back in balance. And I, we always treat Vata first. So Vata is always the, if you have more than one going out. So let's say you have your Vata and your Kapha are off. We treat Vata first because Vata pushes the other doshas in and around the body. Cause again, it's that wind. So again, if you had like a Vata Pitta and the wind is pushing that, that heartburn into here, we're going to treat that Vata first, even though you feel the heartburn, that might not be the root cause. Your root cause is over here. We got to settle that down. And then this will suddenly stop. So that's kind of the other things that we're looking for of, um, where to start and, you know, depending on people's goals and having a clear goal, I will tell you this really helps. Cause I've had many people who are just like, I want to learn everything, you know, about Ayurveda. Um, and that's where I kind of, I developed a course because I'm like, okay, that's going to be more course. Like one-on-one Ayurvedic work is like, really like, I want to get pregnant. Like, what are my best steps to that? Or I want to cure this heartburn or, um, you know, I have goiter. Like I had someone with a goiter, like whatever these issues are, like, it's gotta be specific. Otherwise the general, you're better off doing like a, a course so you can learn about it and then implement it into your life. If you don't have anything specific that you're working to treat, that's just what I found in the last few years. That's why I said my personal training clients introducing those Ayurvedic habits have been, I mean, everyone loves it. All of my clients are like, yes, the more that you just, I just sprinkle it in. I'm like, oh, you're feeling like this. Hey, incorporate this this week. And they're like, great. And then they'll come back and report. And that's where I found the magic to really, um, you know, and they've gotten better results because of it. Cause you're not just doing your general, you know, fitness and nutrition advice that people have heard before. Maybe it hasn't worked and they just kind of keep spinning their wheels. Whereas now I'm like, Ooh, let's look at it from this angle. And they're like, yes, I like this. And then they start looking at everything from that Ayurvedic lens. And then that's when real change can start to happen. Well, well, thank you, Andrew. First of all, I love your your approach because it is it is a, a full 360 everything. I mean, there's not nothing. It's under the, the microscope in all the different angles because some aspects can be missed and therefore there may be something that the results will not be the same as I expected. And I love the idea that for personal training, I mean, you you do more than just that. I mean, with this, with your approach, because now you're treating also indices within. Uh, so you train the body inside and out. I mean, because most of people think fitness is just the outside and let's get you know, some muscle, let's get some fitness going, let's get fit, lose some weight, uh, you know, maybe even diet. But really, uh, heartburn is something that can happen for a lot of reasons. And, you know, if you don't treat it, that can be also impacted through your exercise or whatever. So as, as a simple example, you've referred to it a couple of times. But a lot of people may not know that. And I, and I appreciate you breaking that down to, to our audiences because now they can, oh, I, I never put one-on-one together. I mean, who, who goes to the gym, thinks about their heartburn and, and how the gym is going to impact it. <laughs> I don't think there's someone like, I'm going to, to my gym today. I'm going to do a yoga, Zumba, you know, not yoga, but I'm do a Zumba class. And I'm like, you know, I got this, you know, heartburn coming up. I'm not even sure why. Well, you know, that's because no one is going to worry about it. It's not something that people are going to ask if you're a regular gym. So this is something important. And, and I like the way that, that you deep dive in, in old family, you know, <laughs> history. Because things like that, you were going to say that, I'm sorry. Well, no, I would say with that, with that heartburn, as I've had a client before brought it up in a session and I finally was like, you know, I can help you with that. She's like, you can. And I was uh-huh. like, I know, you know, sometimes people even forget. They're like, oh yeah, you have that Ayurveda side. Yes. Because that's been for her, it was debilitating at one point. And so she was like, I'm not getting my workouts in because I am so bad in pain in the evenings and I can't do my workouts. And so I'm like, well, let's treat that. Like, let's get that figured out before we 
add on more workouts. So that's also one thing that I found useful of like, even just clients being like, oh, well, you can help with that. Like, sweet. Most personal trainers aren't going to be like, yeah, let me help you with your heartburn. So that's kind of the nice side effects of like just learning Ayurveda and as a trainer, just always learn whatever you're passionate about, like really learning and going there and studying because it will help will help clients. Listen, I know. I mean, I, I'm just getting excited just listening about it <laughs> because it makes a difference because you're right. Like, you know, I, I mean, I've been training in my life. Nobody's like, you know, what your body's doing inside. I mean, nobody cares. <laughs> you know, you do your thing. But but you're right. When you have someone that you actually they, they're tailoring something for you, they're really making it like customized to you. Uh, the more they know, the more they can help you. And that's, that's really, if you miss a piece here or there, it's just not going to do you justice. So uh, it's always good. And, and the right questions being asked will help better. And you have that to science. But now there's one thing I was going to ask. Now, with, I know we talked about plants and, you know, treatments and things like for certain things. But what about like the diet in this concept, like the nutrition part? Is there any formula in that? Because I think that's, that's just as important to, you know, anything else when it comes to training and, and fitness and, and health or wellness in general. Yeah, the Ayurvedic nutrition is vast. The system is, um, it can be very confusing. I will say that when people are first starting out. And so when people get in the weeds, I have found with Ayurvedic nutrition is when they are focused on, we'll go back to the dosha, you know, let's say you're a kapha and you're like, I am just going to eat kapha foods because there are, there are foods Well, every food is going to be related to a dosha. As I said, with that soup and salad, kind of that, that thing. Mm-hmm. But when people get in the weeds with like, oh, I can only eat celery or I can only eat kale and I can't have tomatoes, then it's, it's, that's overwhelming. That's just a diet that people are trying to follow. And so that's where I'm really focused on the principles. And so when I try to tell people about the nutrition part, I try to keep it to the broad spectrum. So we don't get in the weeds with like, I can eat this food. I can't eat that food. I'm like, no, again, we're going to match those qualities. And so is this a heavy food? Is this a light food? Is this a spicy food? Probably not going to be good for the pitta because you already have the the heat in the body. Um, And really we have the six taste in Ayurveda as well. Um, which I won't go into too much depth because it's a whole nother topic, but like we have the six tastes that we're looking at with each of the doshas. And then, um, kind of my general practices that I tell people to do is early lighter dinners. And so having lunch be your biggest meal. And if you are a meat eater, meat better in the afternoon, like in that 10 to two window. And then the evening that soup or those cooked salads, if you're prone to constipation or salads in the summer, um, that's going to be kind of your, your evening, And then, um, you know, your breakfast, you can just have your regular breakfast, oatmeal, whatever you're eating. But again, if your oatmeal and your kapha, that's a heavy, denser food. So you're kind of, again, playing with, okay, is this going to be better? Fruit is best on its own, not to be eaten with a meal. That one, I think is the toughest one for a lot of us. A lot of my clients, because they're like, oh, I throw fruit on my oatmeal or I have fruit mixed into something. Um, but it's really hard to digest. So it, it will, it digest first and then it can sour the stomach. And so then people have kind of that, that sour or that acid feeling. Um, and so that's, there's a whole nother side topic of that. Um, and that's where people can get really into the weeds if they're like, okay, should have this, shouldn't have this should, shouldn't pair here. So that's why I'm like, nope, let's just stick to early, later dinners. Lunch is your biggest meal start there. And then based on what's going on, I like to have like a, a good seven days with people on their meal plan. So I can kind of see, I'm like, don't change anything. Let me see what you're eating. And then I can tweak from there. Ideally snacking, um, is minimal if, if snacking at all in Ayurveda, because digestion is King. And if you're not digesting and you're constantly, they have a little different philosophy, I think, at least from what I was trained in the Western side with this. But if you think about your, your stomach and that, that flame, so you want that flame burning. So if you're constantly eating all of a sudden, you're kind of snuffing out that fire. So then you want that digestion going. And I found for myself, like that was how I lost weight after I had my, my son. Um, I was like, oh, wow, the, I really stuck to the three meals, didn't snack. And I really improved my digestion. And so that was something that for myself really worked. And so if I have people who are like, oh, I want to lose weight. Usually that's something that I have them approach. If they can stick to that, the three meals, maybe one snack. If you do snack fruit is best as a snack, as a standalone thing in the afternoon. Um, yeah. And there's so many other ones. I'm like, we can go even deeper, but we'll just stay there for now. So I get, I'm trying not to confuse people with it, but there are, there's so many principles with Ayurveda and nutrition. And, um, again, it really depends on what's going on. So I can give you a specific, like, here's what I would suggest for you. 
Also, Andrew, thank you for that. I mean, I, the, I'm, I'm, this leads me to the next question, and uh, we're almost coming to the end of the show. But, but the next question is like, your program is really a full package. I mean, this is not one thing. I mean, you really assess, you you build a, a training, you know, uh, formula for each client. Uh, it includes, you know, medicinal stuff. It includes, you know, meditation and other aspects. It also includes, you know, the right nutrition and the right balance and stuff. And what I like about it is that it's not eliminating things. I mean, you, you, it's not vegan. It's not vegetarian. It's a little bit of everything. So people don't have to to cut up. And, and I'm sure it could work even if they, they didn't want to have any meat. It's still going to work. You're just going to substitute. But at the end of the day, it's not uh, limited to a particular, you know, flavor group, you know, where they just don't, you know, well, this is not for me. I love my meats, right? This is for everyone. And I think that's a big deal. I think that that is my personal philosophy too. So I have coffee is not recommended in Ayurveda. I still love coffee. I have my coffee a cup or two every morning and I just know, okay, if I'm going to have it, I'm going to balance it. Cause that's a Vata, you know, mm -hmm. inducing thing. So I'm just going to make sure I'm doing something to stay grounded. So I always start my morning with grounding activities. So that's kind of how I look at it. I never like to take things away that people love. So if they're a coffee drinker, sorry, it's my dog's barking, but okay. if you're a coffee drinker, you know, you're, I'm not going to take that away from you unless, you know, we're having a ton of like acid reflux in other side issues that, okay, mm. this actually is part of the problem. But if it's not, you know, if you general, you know, if you're generally pretty imbalanced, you don't have any of those intense things going on that we need to take it out. We're going to keep it in there. And that's kind of my philosophy um, with anything or with any particular um, like problem food, um, so to speak. I love it. It, it sounds like it's a lifestyle. This is not yes. just, uh, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's really a whole concept. It's a complete, you know, package. And uh, uh, I think it's for everyone, not necessarily any particular, you know, uh, age group or, or gender. It's everyone can benefit from it. Uh, it's definitely can be also in adjusting, you know, with medicine, you know, or just natural, like, you know, Western stuff. And uh, so it's a, it's not like, you know, this is I'm going to go in this world and that's it. The end, everything I have to close. I think it keeps it open, but it gives somebody an ability to to really be better and healthier. And and it's just a different angle. So, uh, uh, you know, so now someone wants to participate with you. How can they reach out to you? What is the, the best way to, uh, I guess, to register with you and, and become a client? Uh, my website, andreaclawson.com, and it has all of the, the different offerings that I have. I have some that work with the period. I have some that are just your Ayurvedic lifestyle school, and then I have your one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, but if you're interested in learning more about Ayurveda, my podcast, Peaceful Power Podcast, a great place to start to kind of get a little bit more in depth. You know, I've talked about the sixth taste over there, and I've talked about Vata. And so you can kind of get a little bit more background about different doshas and how Ayurveda can implement into your lifestyle. Well, thank you, Andrea. And, and I'll have the link to all that on, on the uh, description of the episode. So so that would help. It, it's all right. He's part of the show, too. So Yes, I know. That's my dog, Coco. <laughs> hey, he wants to be part of it, too. So I he's know. like, yeah, I love this. <laughs> Pretty know. sure my package is being delivered right now is what's happening. <laughs> oh, OK. No worries. But he's doing a new a pair job. of shoes, new pair of shoes. <laughs> he's doing a great job. <laughs> well, I don't he or she, but. <laughs> yep. He. All right. Well, listen, Andrea. So thank you. And uh, and then keep up the great work. I mean, you certainly are, are helping a lot of lives out there. And uh, this particular show, I think it's going to help a lot of people at least guide them correctly and, and introduce them to the concept that you, you know, that you have. Uh, so uh, that being said, is there anything you want to just uh, leave the audiences with, you know, today? Mm -hmm. Any advice? <laughs> I, my advice would be, now this would be like a tune in practice, but every day, for the next week, if you can like, just write down how you're feeling, maybe energetically, spiritually, and physically every day on a scale of one to 10, and just kind of keep track and just notice I'm a big fan of just being your own detective and just noticing how your energy fluctuates, how you feel. And then that gives you kind of nice data and feedback to work with. I like that. I actually love that. Cause I don't know if anyone is actually doing that and monitoring their own <laughs> energy levels. And you're right. If we were to do this exercise, we'd probably be shocked. Like, wow, what's going on in our lives? But yeah, I appreciate that. That's a great tip. I think I'm going to have to use it too. Yes. <laughs> you know, but yeah, that would work. I mean, I just imagine someone watching like, okay, let me start, you know, uh, five, six, seven, three, two, oh, something's going And then what, what would be the driver behind that? And then now you're like, okay, then something that's wrong and you can adjust correctly. Again, seeing is believing. You got to see it. And mm -hmm. sometimes we will not see things. We just, you know, wonder what the hell's going on. So I'm noticing the that. patterns. 
Noticing the patterns. I appreciate it. That was great. That was great. I mean, I I haven't had that advice before. uh, So that's good. So people take notes, please. (laughs) All right. Well, listen, Andrea, thank you for a great time, a great show, a lot of insights here, and uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, you're welcome. Folks, thank you for watching the iHealth channel, the FinFab channel, as well and listening on iHealth Radio with your host, Hurricane H, with our guest today, Andrea. Bye for now. <laughs>